want to say you're an encouragement to me being out uh, this evening. Uh, did anybody lose power at their house today briefly? Did Peaches? No. Ours went out and then <laughs> came back on. was no big deal, but I was just curious. <clears throat> so you are an encouragement to me to be out. I like what uh, Pastor Lee Robertson said. Uh, three to thrive, three to thrive. I don't believe it uh, says you got to be to church on Sunday night, but um, I think there's more evidence that they were uh, that they met on in the evening than uh, they did on that um, uh, Sunday morning. Uh, but um, you can't go wrong uh, going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I need it all. I want God to speak to my heart from His Word. Turning your Bibles to First Corinthians chapter ten. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I don't have anything that is of value uh, save God's word. And so let's get our Bibles open here this evening. 1 Corinthians 10. And we're going to do a, uh, a Bible study here this evening. I pray and trust it'll be a blessing to you. I had some good study time uh, this week. I think I mentioned that on Wednesday night. And <clears throat> then... Um, I, I, I need to intentionally study, and um, it's always a blessing when people come to hear uh, after the pastor has studied and put the time and effort into uh, labor in the word and doctrine. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 10, we're going to talk about Jesus Christ, our rock. Jesus Christ, our rock. And I said our rock, we can call him the rock. And uh, we'll see that he is the rock. There is no rock like our God. And we'll see that here uh, this evening. And then in several instances, come on up. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was a kid down there in the stairwell. First Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, we're going to see this occasion here. And this is a familiar New Testament passage of an Old Testament study that we've been going through, uh, where we came uh, through the exodus of uh, the Red uh, Egypt through the Red Sea, and they got to the Mara bitter water, and uh, then the Lord told Moses to strike the rock, water would come out. Oh no, I'm sorry, the Mara. He threw the tree into the water, uh, but then later on there are two occasions where. Um, Moses struck the rock twice. He was told to strike it once and then speak to it the second time, uh, but uh, he didn't obey fully that second time there. And uh, But this is the occasion of, of that rock here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 4. It says, And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock. I want you to notice the capital R the capital R of rock, that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Christ is, was, is that rock that followed them. That spiritual rock is Jesus Christ. And uh, let's pray and get right into this here. Father, I thank you for your goodness and grace. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts from your word, I pray that you would uh, minister to us the truths of your word. May we be strengthened and encouraged and uh, maybe solidified a little bit more 
on uh, who you are as our rock. Um, would you help us, help me, empty me of sin and self, and uh, fill me with thy spirit, make spirit-filled listeners, I pray. May these young people even receive and grasp the truths of your word here. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. It doesn't get any clearer uh, whom the Bible calls the rock. Uh, the word of God specifically says that, uh, that that rock was Christ. He is the one who provided and supplied the water to the Israelites. He's the one who provides and supplies the springs of living water uh, for salvation and supply to those who would choose to drink of him. And so we praise the Lord for that rock that Jesus is. I want you to turn to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32, Deuteronomy 32, and then also 1 Samuel chapter 2. Deuteronomy 32, 1 Samuel chapter 2. As uh, we were, as I was praying about uh, the name of what to call uh, the church that God, uh, the second church in Hawaii that God would have us to establish, um, the Lord kept, I, I felt, repeatedly conveying this message of him being the rock uh, to us. And now, um, when you go to Hawaii, there's a good military population that's there, and they can, um, they can, um, Sometimes they, they get what's called rock fever. Um, Hawaii is the most isolated island group that there is in the world, meaning it's out in the middle of the ocean, 2,000 miles, uh, at least from, uh, from uh, America, from, from, North, from California. Um, and so uh, it's isolated. And the military people have used the expression, they get rock fever. Uh, meaning, yeah, the island is, they, they call it a rock sometimes. And, but I wasn't naming the uh, church after the physical rock of an island. Uh, we wanted to name the church after the rock, Jesus Christ. We want to point people to the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, we named the church Rock Point Baptist Church. And so that was the, uh, the thoughts behind that. Some of these verses are verses that the Lord used to, to encourage and solidify that in, uh, in my heart. And uh, one of those, I don't know, I guess in particular, if it was this one, but I know it's some of these here. Deuteronomy 20, uh, 32, verse 31, the Bible says this, For their rock is not as our rock, capital R-O-C-K, even our enemies themselves being judges. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 2, the Bible says this. This was Hannah praying and praising the Lord after uh, she had gotten a man-child, after she asked the Lord for a child and poured out her heart to the Lord. And uh, she declares him as the rock right here. She says, for who is God save the Lord and who is a rock save our God? And so she praises the Lord as the rock here. And uh, Psalm chapter 18, Psalm 18, and in verse number 31. Then Psalm 95, verse 1. Psalm 18, 31, and Psalm 95, verse 1. Psalm 18, 31 says this. <clears throat> says, For who is God save the Lord? Capital L-O-R-D. We understand that to be the Lord Jehovah. Or who is a rock save our God? The Bible calls God the rock. He is the rock. 
Now, you may be familiar with movie stars that incorporate the name Rock into their name. They are not the Rock. Uh, they are, obviously, we understand that. We know that. They are not the Rock, our God. They may have that fancy nickname or what have you, but they're not the Rock, uh, the Lord. Uh, for who is our God? Save the Lord. Or who is a Rock? Save our God. Even if you have somebody that is... Uh, that is uh, very strong in your life, and they've been like a, a secure place, a secure person or safe haven or somebody that you look to. You look to them for stability, and uh, you look, at, look to them to always be steady and there. Uh, they're not your rock, okay? Uh, they may be a, a blessing and an encouragement. A spouse is not your rock. Uh, they may be a blessing and encouragement, uh, but there's only one rock uh, who is our God. Uh, Psalm 95 verse 1 says this, O come, let us sing unto the Lord, let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Now, I only have one rock of my salvation, and you do too, and that is the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. He is the rock of our salvation. Now, I think there is some confusion sometimes uh, with people calling somebody else the rock. Uh, some other fallible person, a sinner like you and like me that needs the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ, just like you and I do. And uh, now it's, it's um, I don't want to say it's not a big deal. Uh, I, I believe it to be a big deal. And some people have mistakenly called a man named Peter the rock. And I think it's all derived from Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. If you turn with me, uh, there with me, if you will, Matthew 16, 18. Uh, this is where Jesus had finished asking the disciples who the people were calling him. He goes to the disciples and he says, whom do men say that I am? When you talk to people in public, when you talk to people, who do they say that I am? And they had a few different answers and, and uh, such. And then uh, Jesus got Peter and he asked Peter, who do they say uh, that, I, that I am? And, uh, and then they asked the other disciples who they thought he was, and Peter said this. Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus called him blessed, and uh, he said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, uh, uh, Jesus said this, And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, I don't necessarily believe, now I believe uh, Peter was used in a great way in uh, the church of Jerusalem to be the pastor of the church of Jerusalem, and God used him, uh, but I don't believe that Peter's necessarily the rock that God was to build his church upon. It is the church of Jesus Christ. It is the church of God. Nowhere does the Bible call, the word of God call it the church of Peter. Uh, the church of Simon, uh, uh, Simon Peter. Uh, and so the word rock, a little study here, the word rock is used some 119 times in the Bible. And it has a few different meanings. The word rock is used as a descriptive name of God in many places in the Old Testament. The name is repeated in the New Testament based on those earlier verses. Uh, two Hebrew words with this meaning are found uh, in the Hebrew. And uh, one of those words, one of those words for rock is this. 
It is Selah. It's almost like Selah, like you would say, like the, like the psalmist says, uh, we understand Selah to, to mean stop and think about this, muse on this, consider this. Well, uh, the word here, Selah, S-E-L-A, is, um, is rooted in the words, uh, and it means this, it means a fissure or split. Hence, the picture of God as a rock of refuge and a hiding place that provides security. There is another Hebrew word, and it is this word. It is T-S-U-R, sur, perhaps is how you pronounce it. And uh, it means this. It is more massive, very safe, and virtually impenetrable, like a mountain, like a stronghold. It speaks of God's strength. It speaks of his endurance and his reliability. And uh, the words, they are somewhat interchangeable, uh, and they also occur in parallel. Then you have another word, uh, which is in the Greek, uh, which is the word Petra. How many are familiar with the word Petra? You've heard that before. Okay, the word Petra, P-E-R, I'm sorry, P-E-T-R-A. And it is used 16 times uh, in the New Testament. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, the very first verse that we read is where we get the definite, is where we first, is where we see the word Petra. And it is referring to Jesus Christ. We know that because we just read it, and it specifically identifies the rock as Jesus. And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. The word Petra. Now, uh, Peter even called Jesus the rock in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 8. Uh, turn there with me, if you will. Be a good, good uh, scripture to underline, reference, uh, rock, perhaps. Some Bibles have those uh, notations in them and in uh, the uh, middle of the margin there. But it says this, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 8, and this is Peter identifying Christ as the rock. It says, he says, and a, st a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. And so we have some instances of this rock. We see that uh, Christ is identified as the rock. And uh, now a couple of facts that we need to understand concerning names. And uh, this is helpful here. The name Simon, it means this. It means to listen. It means hearing. The name Bar-Jonas, it means son of Jonas. And the name Peter is from the Greek word Petros, meaning a piece of a rock, a stone. And so we have the rock Jesus, whose name is Petra, uh, whose rock is uh, identified as the word Petra, but Peter is Petros, a piece of a rock, a stone. And uh, upon this rock, a uh, different word, Petra, meaning massive rock, literally or figuratively, Jesus says, I will build my church. He'll build his church on Petra, not Petros. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Uh, Jesus is the rock, Petra, and Peter is the piece of the rock, a stone, Petros. When I think about Peter, I think of 
You know, maybe your kid something does something like uh, you do. They have some mannerisms like you, and it's like chip off the old block. Now, no problem with Peter being the chip off the old, his, uh, the old well, I hate to call him the old block. That's, that sounds sacrilegious, right? Uh, I, if, I want to be a chip off the rock. And so uh, we see, uh, you know, we see uh, some thoughts here regarding uh, this rock. But the rock is Jesus Christ. Uh, we saw several scriptures regarding that. And so Peter is a piece of the rock, a stone, Petros, but Jesus is the rock, Petra. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 says this, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things the church. That's referring to Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23 says this, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. We see Jesus is the head of the church. It wasn't Peter. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 says this, But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18 says this, And he is the head of the body, the church, referring to Jesus. Nowhere in Scripture is Peter referred to as the head of the church. And so, uh, very important doctrine, I believe, there. My, uh, the, the, the church that I belong to, <clears throat> the local church that, uh, the church that was, was founded upon Christ, uh, the rock. The Bible calls him the chief cornerstone. Uh, and so, um, I, um, Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, he's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Now, not to knock on Peter, uh, but uh, Peter used of God of, in, in a great way. Uh, yes, but he was fallible man like I am, like you are. And uh, we, we understand that. We know his story and his testimony. And so we're looking for something special here this evening. That was our study, uh, kind of a topical word study on the rock there. We're going to continue on and see how magnificent, how magnificent, how awesome uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, our rock, uh, truly is. And so when we uh, look for something special to help keep us strong and to help keep us uh, stable and to give us stability in our lives, we tend to look to the worldly things sometimes, which uh, fail uh, so many times and they leave us hanging. But there is a rock that we can trust. I hope just to solidify this a little bit more in our hearts as we see some facts about our rock, uh, the Lord Jesus. Number one, this rock is stable. This rock is stable. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Turn there, if you will. Hebrews 13, verse 8. Then also, if you want to turn to uh, Psalm 62, verse 7. Psalm 62, verse 7. The first was Hebrews 13, verse 8. He is the rock of stability. This rock is stable. Hebrews 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today 
and forever. A few applications here regarding our the stability of the rock of Jesus. Uh, although he is stable, we can change throughout uh, life in certain ways, but he doesn't. Our ways change in our hearts, but his don't. Our custom change, uh, change in our minds, but his don't. He's always the same, uh, never will change. Uh, Jesus, the same yesterday and today and forever. And when we come to trust Christ, we find a strong rock to build upon, a rock that won't shake, a rock that won't break, no matter what comes our way. He is the rock of stability in our lives. The old hymn goes, and we sang several of those. If, uh, if uh, maybe you caught that, I don't know, but <clears throat> one, it wasn't this one. Uh, the old hymn goes, I shall, I shall, I shall not be moved. How shall I not be moved? Because I'm affixed to the rock, the Lord Jesus. He is our stability. Number two, he is the rock of our strength. He is the rock of our strength. Psalm 62, verse 7. Psalm 62, verse 7. The Bible says, in, in God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. David declares in this passage that God is his all in all. God is his glory. God is his salvation. God is his strength. God is his refuge and a place to hide and to know uh, that he is safe in God. Folks, God is the rock of our strength. God is the rock of our stability. And uh, number three, he is the rock of our safety. He is the rock of our safety. Psalm 62. Psalm 62. Go ahead and turn there. I'll give you time. We have time here at about pages don't matter to you. Normally, typically, my, my outlines have close to close to 10 pages, eight to, eight to, six to eight to 10. <laughs> Tonight they have six, but one of them is a blank page, so technically five. We're on page four. <clears throat> these, are, these are just scriptures that, that uh, solidify the fact of uh, the Lord as our rock. And so uh, he is the rock uh, of our strength. He is the rock of our safety. Psalm 62 verse 2 says this, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Uh, how long will you imagine mischief against me? You shall be slain, all of you, as a uh, uh, bowing wall shall ye be, and as a tottering fence. Number one, God is my defense. He's the rock of my safety. He's my defense. He's my protection in times of trouble. He's the only one who can stand against the devil. Uh, next, uh, we must trust him. Psalm 94 verse 22 says, But the Lord is my defense, and my God is the rock of my refuge. And so uh, we see the importance of Christ, our rock. The rock is stable. He is our strength. He is uh, the rock of our safety. And uh, number four, he is the rock that we can stand on. He's the rock that we can stand on. Turn to Psalm 40, verse 2. I know this to be some uh, life verses of some folks. <clears throat> Psalm 40, verse 2. says, He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, 
and established my goings. He picked me up out of my sins. He pulled me out of the miry clay where, where I was going lower and lower and I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. He set my feet on a solid rock, on a firm and strong foundation that's unmovable. And he showed me the way to go. And on this solid rock I stand and all other ground is sinking sand. Man, I, you ought to be getting encouraged about this, as encouraged as I am, thinking about this here. Uh, he's the rock that we can stand on. He's the rock of supply. All of these attributes are so powerful. If we last on these attributes of the rock of God, man, we, we, uh, it'd be awesome. He's the rock that we can stand on. And number next, number five, he's the rock of supply. He's the rock of supply. There's a song that I really like, and, and I, uh, um, it's on one of the, uh, it's on a radio station, but uh, David said in Psalm chapter 78, verse 20, Behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh uh, for his people? He supplies satisfying water. He supplies spiritual water. He supplies filling water. The rock of Jesus can fill any empty place in our lives. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 13, it says, He made him ride on high places on the earth that he might eat the increase of the fields, and he made him to suck honey out of the rock, and oil out of the flinty rock. He's our total supply. The song goes like this. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, man on the ground, wherever that I go. And uh, we uh, were studying the Exodus this morning. And this morning, all the kids, all the junior age kids uh, got, to, got to get some manna. We uh, used that, tried to illustrate how God supplied the manna. And uh, they were instructed, God instructed Moses. Moses told them to go out and collect a homer of manna each morning that God would supply them manna. And uh, they were little round wafers of bread <clears throat> and uh, tasted, like, tasted like what, young people? Tasted like honey. And then uh, took some uh, nutty granola bars that were sweet and uh, caused the kids to fall asleep. And when they woke up, they were all to go out and collect their omer of manna. And an omer was about, from my understanding, the calculation is a little less than a gallon. If you want to do it in liquid form, it is about, uh, about 14 cups. If you want to do it in some other form, it's, uh, like, uh, it's about one sheath. When we sing the song, bringing in the sheaths. Sheaths or sheaths? Bringing in the sheaths. It's not cheese. <laughs> Bringing in the sheaves, uh, an omer. <laughs> All right, you guys know what I'm talking about, okay? But uh, one of whatever they are, it's a, it's about like this, <laughs> on a pile of the of the stuff that they would harvest. And so uh, they woke up and they went out and they gathered the manna and they they brought it back in. And if they got too much, what did it turn into? Worms. And then on the sixth day, how much were they supposed to gather on the sixth day? Zoe, twice as much, double. And uh, so they uh, could observe uh, the Sabbath there. And so they did that. But then what happens in the evening? What did they get to eat in the evening time? 
Aaron? Oh, man. I know you're listening. Who said that? Randall? Hey, you're not in our class anymore, buddy. So uh, then they got to have the quail, and they were complaining. They were whining because uh, God led them out of the wilderness, and they were never satisfied with the blessings of God. And, and, uh, but Jesus is the rock of our supply, and uh, he's the, he, he is our total supply. He's the provider of our daily provision. We need to depend upon him. And that was one of the facts about uh, Moses throwing in that tree into the water, and it turned uh, the water uh, to sweet water there. It was a fact of provision that God was the source of the supply. God was the source of uh, what they needed uh, to get by on a daily basis. It wasn't their job. It wasn't their, uh, it wasn't their, uh, it wasn't their smarts. It wasn't their hard work and effort. Uh, but God was the supplier of all that they needed. And then number next, and almost lastly, number six, he is the rock of satisfaction. He is the rock of satisfaction. Turn to Isaiah 32. Isaiah 32, and uh, then um, turn to Isaiah 42 for our last point here. Isaiah 32, verse 2. We see that uh, he is a rock of satisfaction. The Bible says, And a man shall be as in hiding place from the wind, and a covert from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Water from this smitten rock brings complete satisfaction. We need that water from the rock uh, for daily thirst, but we need those springs of living water that we need to tap into at salvation, and it brings eternal life. Number next, number seven, he is the rock of singing. He is the rock of singing or the rock of our song. Isaiah 42, verse 11 says, Let the wilderness and the cities thereof lift up their voice, the villages that Kedar doth inhabit. Let the inhabitants of the rock sing. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. The Lord used Isaiah 42, I believe, to direct us to Hawaii the second time as we were, as I was contemplating the Lord's will and and uh, then, of course, the verse in here identifies the Lord as the rock, but says, let the inhabitants of the rock sing, let them shout from the top of the mountains. And so who are the inhabitants of the rock? We are. We are the inhabitants of the rock. Who is the rock? Christ. He is the rock. We are the inhabitants of Christ, uh, but also he inhabits the praise of his people and he inhabits the hearts of his people. Holy Spirit of God does. Psalm 22 verse 3 says this, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Now, I don't, I'm not talking replacement theology with the church being Israel. 
but uh, there is there is some picture there regarding Israel and I believe uh, church or saved people. And so uh, uh, the the bottom line is this: He's the rock of singing. We ought to we ought to sing unto Him. He's worthy of our song. He's worthy of a new song. He the Bible says He put a new song in our hearts when we got saved. We ought to be singing that song to Him. We ought to sing. We ought to praise. And we ought to shout in rejoicing in the fact of what the Lord has done for us. Exodus chapter 15 verse 2 says, The Lord is my strength and my song, and He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare Him in habitation. My Father's God, I will exalt Him. The Lord is my strength and my song. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 through 19 Familiar passage, we, we understand. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And as we're filled with the Spirit, verse number 19 is, uh, if you will, result of that. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Let's let Him be our song. Let's, uh, let's sing unto Him. Uh, let's focus on the rock. He is the rock of our song. He is the rock of our satisfaction. He is the rock of supply. He is the rock that we can stand on. He is the rock of our safety. He is the rock of strength. He is the rock of stability. The Lord Jesus Christ, our God. Let's bow. Father, I... Thank you for who you are, Lord. I thank you for this, these great attributes, characteristics, if you will, that you are to us. There is no rock like our God, Lord, and I praise you for that. May, you, may I continually praise you in the fact that you are who you are. <clears throat> Lord, I thank you for your goodness and grace. I thank you for your provision. I thank you for your strength. <clears throat> God, I thank you for your goodness, for your grace for your safety, for your supply, uh, for the satisfaction that you bring. Lord, may I focus on you. May I sing praises unto you. Let's all stand this evening.